0: This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Follow Richard on Twitter at Richard Serrett. For show information, visit the website strangeplanet.ca.
1: This is Ali Sierra Tan uh, sitting in for Richard Serrett. Richard is under the weather tonight. He's by a nice, hot, warm, cozy fireplace with a hot cup of tea listening to the show. Uh, he's Tonight he's an audience member. I have the pleasure... Of welcoming Paul Levy to the show And I'm very very intrigued by his thinking And look forward to opening it up for you Um, The pandemic We're going to be turning our attention to the pandemic And to the mind virus We've all heard for the past two years of this virus But what about this idea of the mind virus How much of this whole thing Is in our heads folks um help me welcome paul levy a author um he's going to be opening this up for us um right now um are you there paul yeah i'm here well good to have you wetico healing the mind virus that plagues our world a sacred plant book so tell me what
2: is wetico what does that stand for this term Sure. So, you know, and that's one way of saying it. I call it wa watico and it's it's a mind virus whose origin is in the Native American tradition in the Algonquin language really. And um it's a psychospiritual disease of the soul that's afflicting humanity. And this isn't just my, you know, crazy idea or a theory every single spiritual tradition from time immemorial has been pointing at Watiko. They've just been calling it by different names and having different symbols. And um it works through the blind spot of, you know, our mind. And it's a form of being blind. It's a psychic blindness, but it's a peculiar form of blindness that actually thinks it it's um it's seeing and it actually thinks It's more sighted than people who actually see, and it works through the projective tendencies of the mind in such a way that we entrance ourselves, in that we hypnotize ourselves. So it has, you know, this virus, this mind virus, it's the real deadly virus that's afflicting our species, and we all have it in potential. Um, It feeds off of fear, feeds off of separation, and it works through the projective tendencies of the mind in such a way that, you see... It has no creativity, but it plugs into our creativity to the extent we're not in touch with our creative nature. This mind virus plugs into our creativity and turns it against us. And in the Bible, in the apocryphal text, they talk about it. It's called the counterfeiting spirit. It it, it got written out of the Bible because I point out that Watiko was on the editorial board. You see, it can't stand to be exposed when we see it we take away its power and we empower ourselves. So it's this shape-shifting bug and what it does by being a counterfeiting spirit, it impersonates us. It puts us on and if if we're not awake in that moment, it'll offer us uh, a false version of ourselves. Oh, I'm wounded, I'm limited, I'm traumatized. And if we identify with its version of ourselves, then it has us because then it can both It can control us and manipulate us. And what I'm describing, you see, it has no power over us when we're in touch with our true nature. So what I'm describing, there are three aspects to it. You know, we give ourselves away, we identify with who we're not, and we then forget our creative agency. That's a recipe for madness. And that's Huatico in a nutshell because Huatico is a collective psychosis
1: fascinating fascinating folks um if you want to you know learn more about this book you can buy it on amazon uh it's by paul levy watiko the healing the mind virus that plagues our world so your book is three parts and i want to kind of dig into each section uh and we don't have time to open up every chapter but just to kind of have an overview of your thinking and this uh pandemic as, as you're suggesting, definitely has tapped into fear. There's been so much fear going around uh, the world since this, all the, the first images came from China on television of people with masks going around spraying gas into neighborhoods, of grabbing people and putting them in cars and taking them away. I mean, it just seems so scary. And from there, it's just been a more and more fear coming. So are you suggesting that a lot of this is in our psyche,
2: what, what I'm saying... What
1: about the reality of it,
2: yes? Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not... I mean, that's absurd to say it's not real. It's as real as we are. It's what's happening, you know, and w- whether you call that real or not, I mean, whatever. That's why I, I say it's as real as we are. What I mean is that the origin of this process, so the source of all of our problems... The madness that we're playing out, the evil that's taking over our world and that's enacting itself, that the the source of all of that and the solution is to be found one place and one place only, and that's within our psyches. And what Watico does, Watico, it's a mind virus, and so it will distract us in such a way that we then think the problem is outside of ourselves, and we try to find solutions outside of ourselves. And all the while, it... It feeds off of our unconsciousness, whereas, the, the you know like I'm saying, people who think, oh, I'm saying something so crazy and so far out, well, it's actually so obvious that the source of the collective madness is to be found within our psyche. I mean, I can't imagine something that's more undeniable than that. So that, in essence, is what I'm saying.
1: In the, now, you, you talk about the Kabbalah's remarkable idea, Tell me about that. How does the Kabbalah fit in your thinking?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, like I was saying, every spiritual tradition from time immemorial has been pointing at Watiko. And when I finished my first book on Watiko, um, Dispelling Watiko, I began to study the Kabbalah and it blew my mind when I realized, oh my God, they're creatively pointing at Watiko, but just in a really interesting way. And they're pointing at that um, within the very darkness is to be found the true light, and that, you know, the seeming evil is actually holding the light captive, and they have a whole cosmology explaining that, but that the darkness ultimately has no reality, that it, it's like a parasite, it doesn't even exist. And yet, you know, this phantom that has no actual existence, you know, because Watiko just I should point out, it has no independent existence. It's not like people hearing about it should be afraid. Oh, no, there's a mind virus and I should be afraid. No, that's what, Hiko, if we buy into the fear, it doesn't even exist. It has no reality whatsoever, just like the Kabbalah points at, and yet it can kill our species. Okay, That's pointing at the incredible, untapped power that we have, each one of us. We have this incredible creative agency, but the extent that we're not awake to it, then this Watiko bug or the Kabbalah, they they have their own language for it, it parasitically feeds in, and it's like a vampire that drains our life force, and it, it will use our own creative energy against us. And so, as this mind virus attacks the psyche
1: of the human race, um... How do we recognize that that this is happening to us? So if I'm a, a person out there and now I'm wondering, I'm, I'm examining my thinking as you're speaking, I'm examining my thought processes in my life, and I'm thinking, wait, am I being affected by Watiko? How does a person, first of all, recognize... That they are being affected by this mind virus.
2: Yeah. Well. Well, I would say you know one very easy way is to just consider. Oh well. Am I? Am I? You know. Have I achieved my my real potential? Am I evolving? You know, as as a human being, you know, into my fullness, into my wholeness. Am I really connected with my creativity? And am, am I expressing myself in a creative way? You know, throughout my my day. And if you're not, well, then the question is like, well, what's stopping you? Because the, the point is, it's not just that our species has fallen asleep. No, it's more than that. It's as if there's this malevolent energy that's invested in keeping us asleep. So for people to really self-reflect and ask them, well, am I attaining my full potential? Am I evolving? Am I creatively expressing myself? And if you're not, What's stopping you? That's then you're on the trail of Watiko. fascinating, so you're saying that
1: somehow creativity and living to your full potential these are things that are hindered by this mind you know mind virus it kind of reminds me of this a concept of an evil spirit nearly yeah. uh you know no, that well, plagues you. people
2: if, yeah you well, know, the thing is, from. you know. In the psyche, the greatest poison in the human psyche is, you know, unexpressed creativity. And so I point out that one of the real medicines for this mind virus is to get in touch with our creativity. And I'm not just talking about, oh, to be, you know, doing painting or drawing. Or I'm talking about that every moment of our lives, we are literally creating our experience. There's no one else doing that. We're creating our experience of ourselves. And we're creating our experience moment by moment of the world. But to the extent we're not in touch with our creative agency, then all of a sudden, you know, it gets turned against us. And and we feel, you know, sort of depressed or repressed or anxious or fearful. And all of those energies, you know, they're they're food for what go.
1: And we live in a very um, machine-like world where... Often, employees of of factories, essentially, of corporations that, you know, invite us into a routine, uh, and that kind of stifles this creativity as well. We don't. Uh, so, you're talking very much about a mindset, essentially. Then.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it's interesting when we are afflicted, and we all potentially have whatiko. It exists in the collective unconscious, but when hmm. we actually become afflicted. We can we become like like a zombie, like a robot, like an automaton with no creativity, you know, programmed in, and and you know, and we sort of with the the transhumanism thing and the AI thing and the whole tech thing, you know, we see that happening more and more in the world. You see, the thing about Watiko, it's an inner disease of the soul that has a magical ability to extend itself out into the world and configure outer events. So, as to reflect the inner state of a ski that's under its thrall. Now, what I just described, where the outer world is actually reflecting the inner condition of one's mind, that is exactly a description of a dream. You see, so Watiko is the dreamed up phenomena that we are collectively dreaming up the psychic epidemic together. The origin is within us, but it's actually revealing to us the dreamlike nature. This is a collectively shared dream. And that's what Watiko yeah. actually can show us. So encoded within the evil of Watiko, it's actually helping us. It's helping us to, to to wake up, to wake up to our situation, to wake up to the dreamlike nature, and to wake up to who we actually are and our creative power.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. And if someone wanted to really Tap into this fear on purpose, then they would have a lot of power in
2: manipulating society. Totally. Well, the thing is, you know, as soon as we get isolated and we identify, you see, because the, the thing about Huachico, it offers us this identity, a fictitious identity that's not who we are. Who we are is interconnected and interdependent with each other, there's no separate self that exists in isolation to be found anywhere. But if we identify with a separate self, then all of a sudden, if I'm a separate self over here, well, then there's others who are not me. And then as soon as there's others, there's fear. And as soon as there's fear, well, that's the, that's the superfood for whatiko. So, you know, the thing about whatiko, it, it literally will create the, the the polarization, the extreme polarization we see in the world and and then it'll create this fear and this otherization and and it just and then it you know it just reinforces it just feeds off of that polarization and that fear
1: it's a spiral downwards at that point the um you say that the covid-19 is a symbol of a much deeper infection what is this deeper infection
2: yeah yeah well i'm saying that you know covid-19 is actually it, what's happening since in the pandemic is Huatico. If if you think what I'm saying is some weird thing, just open your eyes and look what's playing out in the world. You see, if people think that COVID is, is a physical virus, is, is solely a physical virus, they are mistaken. No, no, no. Take a look at how this this alleged virus has come into our world and into our mind and affected every aspect of our life. It's affected politics and the economics and what we think about, what we dream about, what we talk about, what we wear, how we interact. It affects every single aspect of our lives. So this this COVID virus actually has multiple vectors, like multiple sort of bodies. It has a physical, you know, aspect, but then it has this this mind aspect or a behavioral aspect or a psychological aspect or an emotional aspect or a spiritual aspect, it's multidimensional. And when you begin to see that, you begin to realize, wait, all of those behaviors and all of the things I just listed, they all mediated through the psyche. And the psyche is the arena of Watiko. So in other words, Watiko actually flavors our perceptions. And it skews our interpretations, that we how we interpret the inkblot of the waking world, and it actually distorts the meaning that we impute to events in such a way to create fear and to create polarization and then to feed the mind virus. And so what I'm pointing out is that the COVID pandemic is revealing that to us. It's actually, you see, the thing about Watiko, it only has power over us to the extent we don't see it. Okay. When we see it, we take away its power, and we empower ourselves. COVID and the pandemic is a way of actually—it's—it's it's a revelation of the Watico mind virus, which is the real virus. That's the deadly virus that's afflicting our species, not COVID.
1: Um, you talk about uh, René Girard, the French philosopher and his take on scapegoating and the shadow. Can you tell us about that?
2: Sure. Well, one one very simple way of understanding, like, you know, when people, like, scapegoat, when they project the shadow, that's the psychological dynamic. That's the the engine of Watiko. And what I mean, you know, if I'm not in touch with my own darkness, with my own shadow, well, what's going to happen? I'm going to project it outside of me and you know just one way to understand this is if you're you're in a dream if you project out your shadow in a dream well the dream then will reflect that back because it's nothing other than a reflection of your mind and into the dream will walk somebody or a group of people who will carry your own darkness and and once that happens now you have proof you have evidence that the evil and the shadow is outside of yourself so you get even more convinced of your own light and your own just being right and and then as soon as you become even more fixed in that viewpoint of seeing the darkness outside of yourself the the waking dream or the night dream they just reflect that back They give you evidence confirming your viewpoint because it, you know what a dream is is nothing other than your reflection and i'm pointing out that that we're in a dream right now this is a waking collective dream and the more you become you, you know the um... as you see the darkness more and more outside of yourself the more eventually you want to destroy it, which is an externalization of the initial process of wanting to destroy and exterminate your own shadow. So your inner process is getting acted out in the world to destroy the carriers of your own darkness, and by doing, come possessed by the very evil that you're trying to destroy. That's what go.
1: I see. And so this idea that the
2: darkness
1: hides in the light is kind of what you're describing, and that it, that it's here, it's in plain sight, but it's hidden because it appears... Tell me about that. What do you mean yeah, by the sure. darkness hides well, Like the light?
2: Like, like an example, if somebody, you know, thinks, oh, no, I'm just a good person and I'm just, you know, a loving person and they're not in touch with their shadow, they can be overly identified with the light. But, well, you know, I can talk for myself. Mm-hmm. When I meet somebody like that, I run the other way because they're dangerous because they're not conscious of their own potential for darkness so if they're overly identified with the light they're going to be unconsciously seeing the evil outside of themselves you know they're going to be scapegoating or projecting the shadow and that is the activity of the shadow but they're unconscious of it that's what makes them dangerous so here they are appearing to be all light and yet at their core they're actually a vector for darkness Fascinating.
1: And so this this um, infection of the mind, this watico uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it uh, oh, well, okay. yeah, Watiko? Yeah. Hu- is that how you're pronouncing it? Watico? Yeah, something
2: like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: watico this infection of the mind that's, you know, collective and among us all. It also has taken hold of government officials, it seems, all around the world to different extents. And I want to talk about kind of how is it that as a society we can move past it if those who control the means of communication continue to be in it. But we need to take a break and we'll be back with Paul Levy discussing the Mind Virus. I call it the miracle
3: molecule, carbon 60 or C60 from my good friends at Evo C60. I take a tablespoon every morning. It delivers more than 172 times the power of vitamin C. C60 is a known antiviral, antioxidant, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and it's a remedy that works. C60 Evo can slow down the aging process by reducing cellular damage. C60 Evo users consistently enjoy better sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. I sleep like a baby. I have no aches or pains. Zero. I'm 58 and I don't have a gray hair on my head. And I have boundless energy. Get your miracle molecule in a bottle. C60 from c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serret. Use the coupon code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you have a medical concern, please contact your healthcare provider. Have you subscribed to my newsletter yet? It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. Just go to my website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, and then click on subscribe. All I need is your email address, and that's it. Then, once a month, you'll receive my newsletter, Inner Sanctum, in your email inbox. The Inner Sanctum contains a monthly brief, a column of my analysis of the news and opinions. There's a This Month in UFO or Conspiracy History, a look ahead to an upcoming episode of this radio program, a book club, my podcast pick of the month, a spotlight on a previous guest, and much more. Join the Strange Planet community by signing up for your free subscription to Inner Sanctum. Again, go to strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, and click on subscribe. It's a strange planet.
0: The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as self evident. Self evident. You're listening to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet.
1: This is Ali Sierra Tan sitting in for Richard Serrett. Ali Sierra from ThinkAgainProductions.com. Have a look at the website. Amazing information about uh, UFOs and, and biblical history and prophecy and all of that good stuff. Before the break, the question that I have for him is, how is it that we um, as a people, uh, as individuals, can move beyond this fear uh, caused by the mind virus when government officials, uh, World Health Organization, uh, you know, the the local governments of nations uh um, you know, the, the the huge difference that exists between, let's say, the Chinese government and the way they're handling the pandemic and the way we are in the West and the media that is the loudspeaker that tells us every two seconds, uh, you know, all the bad news. I guess that's they say bad news is sells papers. Um, how can we get past this fear when constantly you know children go to school with masks on their face they look at each other look at their teacher how can we get past this fear when it's we're constantly reminded of it
2: yeah no totally well i mean there's this mind control this is you know in a way the greatest psyops in the history of the world and um you know so I guess the the real answer to your question is to be in touch with your true self, because then when you're in touch with your true self, you don't just take on other people's ideas or other people's image of what's happening. You become an empiricist. You, you really explore your own experience and investigate for yourself. But so many people are not used to doing that, and they just drink the Kool-Aid and take in the mainstream propaganda you know, and become, you know, like, like sheeple or a lot of different names for it. And um, then, you know, they, they just become part of the hive mind. And so a major part of it is to actually think for yourself. And, you know, I mean, it's exactly like I'm a Buddhist practitioner. When the Buddha was teaching, he kept on saying to his students, please don't take my word for it. Do the experiment yourself. And the experiment was to look within your own mind. And, you know, so if we actually investigate the source of our experience, you know, both the good and the bad parts of our experience, you know, we're going to discover something uh, about ourselves and about our incredible creative power and that we're colluding with the mind virus. This mind virus, which is like a vampire, it has no power over us whatsoever unless we give our power away. It can't steal our soul or anything like that, but it tricks us into giving it away. You know, so that's what I'm pointing at is seeing how we're colluding with it.
1: That makes that makes sense to me in the sense that we, with our own minds, empower the fears that come over us. Um, now, when it, Do you believe that there is a mind, uh, a nefarious mind, behind? this virus is this a naturally occurring phenomenon uh that is in your in your thinking is teaching us something about ourselves or is should we look at this from a conspirational point of view um was this released on purpose essentially that's really what i'm asking i think
2: so wait so you're talking about the actual like what you call mind virus yeah was so, this so the, the yeah. right the thing is there were all these theories i mean, because, like i'm saying every you know I, this isn't anything new, I'm just a translator, I'm just a person trying to translate this indigenous wisdom into modern into a modern psychological idiom, and so you know there are all these theories about oh there was a collective trauma in our species or there were like these negative ETs. and and you know who I can't say one way or the other, but what I can say. Is that the actual genesis of the mind virus is in this moment, or not? We, in other words, are dreaming up whatiko. We are participating in its creation if we if we choose to stay unconscious. So the point is, is that the actual, mm-hmm. like the origin of the virus, is right now. You know, in potential, and are and and you know, and the thing I'm pointing out because Watiko only has power over us to the extent it's not seen. You see, it's an inner virus of the soul that actually explicates itself and works itself and configures events in the world. So to begin to see how it's informing and giving shape to events in our world that are reflecting the state of the psyche that's under its thrall, and that it's actually informing our unconscious reactions to its appearance in the world, to begin to see that correlation between the inner and the outer that 's to see the dream, and that's to dispel what I i
1: see I see what you're saying I think I'm following your train of thought one um, uh, i when I think about the Buddhist uh, approach to things, this idea of sitting in meditation, uh, I believe the story of the Buddha was that. You know he 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 looked far and wide for this elusive enlightenment, and when he could find it, and he finally sat down, a series of illusions of Maya came over him. And as his mind was able to dismiss each of the illusions that came over him, the fears that came over him, the pride that came over him, he eventually transcended in his mental state to a place uh well nirvana, whatever that is. Um, and there, you know, he he saw reality for what it was. Um, and so he became, you know, this awakened teacher and, and to lead others. The thing with that kind of a thinking, is this really a solution that can be offered to the masses of humanity? Um, when I look at our culture, I mean, if, you, if you were in an Eastern culture where these things were more ingrained in the fabric of the history of the culture, but here in the West where we live... Um, Are we to invite, concretely, are we to invite the masses into meditation, into awareness? How can we make people aware uh, of the thinking that you're bringing to to us tonight?
2: Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, you know, it's not enough just to do meditation because, meanwhile, the world is burning. And, you know, I point out in my work that we have to sort of cross-pollinate being you know, a spiritual person and being a political activist, that our inner process is literally getting enacted via the outer world. And that's to say that the way to work on our inner process is to fully participate in in life, in what's happening. And, you know, one of the things I would point out that the Huatico epidemic because it's a you know it's a psychic epidemic it's a collective psychosis it's revealing to us it's a revelation it's revealing to us the profound importance of the human psyche in creating our experience you know and because like one way to think about it if I have a dream and in the dream I'm like helpless and I'm not in touch with my creative agency and the seemingly external powers are like you know having all this power over me. And if somebody came into my office and told me that dream, I would say, well, clearly you're not in touch with your creative power because you've disassociated from it. It's gotten projected out and picked up and turned against you. And what I'm saying is when you see that this is the dream and you interpret what's happening as such, where so many people feel helpless and hopeless and filled with despair, what that's reflecting is that we as a species and as individuals are not in touch with our intrinsic creative genius. And, and that's why the world, the world is reflecting it back. And so what Tico, it's quantum phenomena that it, it contains in a superposition of states, both the deepest evil and the most incredible gift and blessing. It's helping us to realize who we are. It's showing us the dreamlike nature, and it's unlocking our creative genius. But if we don't recognize what it's revealing to us, then we're fated to continue to destroy ourselves. Is
1: this what you mean by that the coronavirus contains its own vaccine?
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. That, you know, encoded, like, and this is in the Kabbalah, encoded, hidden within the evil is the the real, is the true light, you know? Mm. And so what I'm pointing out, you know, because it maps on to the coronavirus pandemic, but, you know, we're talking about the mind virus, is that... Enco- it 's it's the source of the most unbelievable evil that our species plays out you know with each other, and yet secretly hidden encoded within the very virus within the evil is its own vaccine and and it 's not just giving us its own medicine it 's literally helping us to wake up if what hico this mind virus didn 't exist we 'd have to invent it. You know, because it's sparking the evolution of our species. That's what I mean.
1: That's fascinating. So it's, you know, even though some people have perhaps or, or nature or people have intended it for
2: evil, yet it can be the source of good. Oh, completely. But it all depends on if we recognize what it's revealing to us. That determines everything. And that's what I mean. That it's a very, just like in quantum physics, they realize the the nature of light. Well, sometimes it manifests as a particle, sometimes as a wave, and it depends how we observe it. And the same thing with Huatico. That's what I keep on saying, that it's a quantum phenomena. Mm -hmm. You know, people who've gotten turned on to Huatico, like for example, in the Castaneda books, You know, they didn't have the name Huatico, but they were completely pointing at Huatico, you know, Carlos's teacher, and he was saying, this is the topic of topics. There's nothing more important in the world to understand today than the Huatico mind virus. It doesn't have to you know, you can call it whatever name you want. It doesn't have to be called Huatico. But if we don't see it, and if we don't recognize what it's showing us about ourselves, it's actually offering us exactly what we need to know to, to wake up. But if we don't recognize that then we're fated. We're going to continue as if programmed to destroy ourselves.
1: So just to have some some context, um, we're going to go on a break in a second, but I want you to tell me some historical uh, references of this Watiko in the past so that we can contrast the present time with, with similar things that have happened in the past. Let's talk about the history when we come back.
3: It's time to try the tea everyone's talking about. Nothing does what Life Change Tea does They have no competition Life Change Tea helps support a healthy body It tastes great and leaves you feeling refreshed every day I can't get enough of my pomegranate super tea I brew two gallons at a time and let it steep in the fridge overnight Enough to last me the entire week And every morning I have a 16 ounce glass of this amazing GMO non-caffeinated herbal tea It keeps me regular by providing a gentle cleanse every day I'm never gassy or bloated, and good health begins with a healthy gut. This pomegranate super tea is not available in any store. You need to go to getthetea.com. Go to getthetea.com. Use the code UNLIMITED, and all your orders ship for free. All of them. It's time to get your tea from getthetea.com. You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several tiers to choose from. Pick which one is right for you, but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated. As a sign of my appreciation, you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show, or you could have your name included in a crawl on my YouTube channel live stream. You could also receive episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. This critically acclaimed podcast, produced in partnership with Chris Jericho, is not currently available anywhere else. If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash StrangePlanet.
0: The truth will set you free, free. Free free. But first, it will really tick you off. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet.
1: This is Ali Sietatan from Think Again Productions. We're talking with Paul Levy about his very interesting idea of uh, Watiko, which is a mind virus. Tell me, Paul, has there been any examples of Watiko throughout human history?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that that, that human history itself is evidence of whatiko because think about it, one of the ways of conceiving of whatiko, it's an autoimmune disease of the soul where the immune system, you know, in an autoimmune disease, the immune system that's supposed to protect the body actually turns on the very body it, it's part of and it, it attacks it. And we are not separate from each other. We're interconnected and interdependent. And remember whatiko is an inner disease of the soul that that explicates itself via the medium of the outside world and think about all throughout the history of our species we have been at war and we are just killing each other and we're destroying the biosphere the life support system of the planet that's in other words an expression of what he all throughout history just different iteration where we're actually turning on ourselves via the form of others which is reflecting how we're actually you know our creative energy instead of being expressed constructively is actually getting turned against us and becoming poison and killing us so you know the bible will talk about satan or the devil or you know, the Kabbalah, like I was saying, has its own articulation, or Hawaiian kahuna talks about these entities called these mind parasites, or like Srido talks about the hostile forces, or Philip K. Dick. You know, and he, I it blew me away when I realized, oh, my God, he's precisely describing Watiko. He calls it the Black Iron Prison. And as he's articulating this Black Iron Prison, it's word for word what I write about in my books you know so the point is is that creative artists throughout history spiritual traditions that are based on wisdom philosophers thinkers anybody who's awakened to you know their nature is pointing at watiko in their own language in their own with their own symbols
1: yes that's true now, do you see an external agent, like, for instance, the concepts of, you know, the biblical idea of Satan and angels and all of that? The idea is that there are, you know, evil spirits, the human psyche, and there are actors on the stage of history in the cosmic tale, other than man himself, that also play these nefarious roles in your thinking are there other entities yeah, yeah. that activate this in our culture, or is it yeah, just I, a matter of the mind?
2: Right. No, I can answer that because the thing about Watiko, it's this archetypal, transpersonal, daimonic energy. And what that means is that that energy can literally take over a human being, it can possess people. And when it does that, the person so taken over is oblivious to the situation that they've been possessed by something other than themselves. And when that happens, that person who's taken over becomes a human instrument for something not human to come through for something transpersonal that's beyond the personal for something archetypal that's you know of a higher dimension to come through and they have no idea and not only one person can do that but but numbers of people can do that and get in phase with each other and reinforce each other's blindness and each other's madness and that's what a collective psychosis is and that's what we're in the middle of today. And what Tico, if you remember, I mean, I've been saying it is a collective psychosis. And so, you know, like say for people who say, oh, if we just get the, you know, the billionaires and the Bill Gateses and the people who are at the top of the pyramid, you know, who are doing this, you know all the evil and centralizing power and control and taking away our freedoms, then everything would be good. It was like, no, no, no. They themselves are just pawns in the hands of the archetype. We have to really connect with the deeper archetypal process, and that's happening inside of our psyche.
1: So how how do we connect to these positive
2: archetypes that are in our soul? What is the path to it? Yeah. Well, the path is to, it's very simple. It's to recognize what's happening. It's to open our eyes and look. Because the blindness, that Watiko is a psychic blindness, it's a self-induced blindness. You know, when we look away, when we could potentially see, that feeds Watico. You know, so the real solution, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, if we see somebody under a spell and we try to preach the light to them, well, wait, who, who's the one who's asleep? It's us. Because, you know, their eyes are blind. It to teach the art of seeing, but, of course, how one does that, that's a whole other question.
1: So the four ignoble blindnesses of Watiko, what are these four blindnesses?
2: Yeah, the four ignoble blindnesses, it's a play on the Buddha's, um, you know, the, the, the noble truths, the four noble truths. So yes. I playfully created the four ignoble, you know, these, these blindnesses. And the first one is, for Watiko, it's that it's blind to its blindness. It doesn't know it's blind. The second one is that when we're afflicted with Huatico, we're blind to our shadow. We don't see our own darkness, but we project it outside and we see the evil outside of ourselves. That's the second ignoble blindness. The third is not only do we not see our, our, our darkness and our shadow, we don't see our light. And so we're unconscious of our light. And the fourth one is not recognizing that whatiko is this revelation. It's a living revelation. It's revealing to us exactly what we need to know in order to wake up. It's revealing to us who we are. It's revealing to us the dreamlike nature. And it's revealing to us our creative nature.
1: When we, we come actually, back, we've got to go on a break. I want you to tell okay. us how do we break free from all of this. I want to focus back on that when we get back.
0: It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet.
1: I'm talking uh, with Paul Levy about the mind virus, Watiko, and he was kind of telling us about the, the four innuable blindnesses, and if you want to know more about that, you got to buy his book and read it. It's a fascinating perspective, Watiko. It's his second book. Healing the Mind Virus that plagues our world, a sacred plant book. And of course, uh, you can buy it on the world's biggest bookstore, Amazon. So I want to focus as we're getting closer to the end of the program as to what is the solution? What can we do concretely uh, to get past this? And we we touched on this, but I really want to leave people with this positive perspective sure. no, uh, totally. of the solution. So tell us about that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, the thing is, you know, um, when we're in touch with our true nature, with who we really are, this mind virus, the whatiko mind virus, has no power over us at all. And the more we have the realization of our true nature, the more we realize that our true nature is by its nature creative. So the more we realize that, the more we just are creative and the more we are creative and express ourselves creatively the more we know our nature it becomes a positive feedback loop that creates light upon light and it unlocks the creative spirit within us because we are made in the image of our creator we are creative beings and when any one person does that um you know that will incredibly improve you know their life but that's kind of insignificant but when other people are also switched on to who they are and to the dreamlike nature and connecting with their creativity and really connecting with real compassion because compassion is the expression of this realization. And when people see this synchronistic matrix that's informing, you know, all events in the world and within their minds, then all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I can connect with other people who are also having this this lucid awareness in our collectively shared dream and it's exactly like in a night dream when enough dreamers have lucidity in a night dream they can come together and put their put their realization together and and realize oh my god this collective dream we're in is manifesting in this limited problematic way because we've been conditioned to dream it it's just reflecting our own inner state and in a dream when enough dream characters in the dream realize that and come together they literally can change the dream they're having and that's our situation we are being invited to consciously step into our own evolution and to participate in our own evolutionary process and to change the waking dream you know that's what all of this is about but if we don't recognize that that's what this waking dream is revealing to us well then we're just going to continue to destroy ourselves Wow. Yeah.
1: very interesting. So this this creativity that you talked about, you know, um, as you're speaking, I, I try to imagine uh, myself, you know, following in the footsteps of what you're inviting us to do, and and the idea that we are made in the image of the Creator from the Torah, and that we are creative beings uh, at the heart of our, at the essence of who we are. And you were saying before in the show that this doesn't mean that you start painting or writing poems, and not in that sense uh, alone. I mean, that can be as well part of it. But mm-hmm. tell tell me more about what do you what do you mean by being creative throughout the day helps us unlock from the fear that grips us yeah, through the virus. Sure. In
2: other words, we begin to realize like this is being a dream, you know, being an ink because a dream is a projection of the mind. It's an ink that how we interpret this waking dream instantaneously gets reflected and, you know, informs the experience we have. Like if we place a particular um, meaning on the dream, the dream will offer us evidence confirming our viewpoint and it, it becomes a feedback loop. So just think about it. If you're in a night dream and you hold a particular point of view in a night dream and a night dream is just a reflection of your mind, you're holding a point of view, the dream will just offer you all the evidence confirming your viewpoint, because the dream is nothing than your mind, and now you have all the proof and the confirmation that your, view, that your viewpoint is true, so you become even more fixed in that viewpoint, and then, of course, then the dream will just reflect back the particular viewpoint you're holding ad infinitum, and what that is, that becomes a self-reinforcing feedback loop in which you've hypnotized yourself see, that's an example of, of using our creative genius in a way that's killing us. That's what most of us are doing. So, of course, we're dreaming up the waking dream to reflect that back. That's the what he goes, psychic epidemic. But it's a revelation. That's what I'm trying to point at. I, sh- I feel like I, you know, I feel like I should just get on rooftops and be screaming to people like, wake up. Something is being revealed to us through what's happening in the world. It's reflecting something inside of you
1: i see yes it's it 's interesting this idea that by profoundly changing our mindset as a result of of this revelation that 's coming through the this pandemic, uh, we can revolutionize our world and and free ourselves from from this fear i mean this leads us into action uh, t- getting touch in touch with the archetypes. Uh, from what I understand, you know, there is the hero, for instance. That's one of the archetypes. Um, is the archetype of the hero play a part in, in in this awakening?
2: Yeah. Well, in other words, you know, in in Tibetan Buddhism, one of the translations of hero is bodhisattva, and bodhisattva. It can translate as a a, a real authentic hero or a being in the process of awakening. So we are being all called, you know, like a deeper calling, like a shaman, because we're all shamans in training. I mean, that's the major archetype that's activated in the collective psyche is the wounded healer shamanic archetype. And we're being called, and the question is, do we have enough courage to actually follow our calling and speak our voice and connect with our inner guide and to become ourselves, you know, to individuate, to connect with our wholeness. And as we do that, any one of us does that energetically, that makes it easier for all of us to do it. And when we connect with other people who are doing it, you know, it becomes a contagion. It, it will go in a viral way and can actually inflame a whole global awakening.
1: It, and how about the use of psychedelics? Because that's becoming uh, very much part of the culture, suddenly, I've noticed. Here in there's even laws that are changing that allow uh, psychedelic therapy to, to start, uh, and clinics are setting up. How do you feel about the use of psychedelics in this yeah, journey?
2: Yeah, I mean, psychedelics are incredible allies in medicine, and they can be unbelievably helpful if used in a really sacred way. You know, I mean, there's a shadow side because people could use them too often or use them just to party or, you know, do one journey and they start facilitating for other people and all that. But they can be an unbelievable medicine to help people. You know, so many people who understand what I'm pointing at, you know, have been doing psychedelics because it opens them up to the very point that I'm like trying to illumine
1: yes absolutely it's very interesting um i i once had an experiment when i was 18 years old i mean that's a long time ago but uh you know in high school uh with, with um psilocybin uh, with mushrooms and i had a vision that night and i was in a cave and there was a bright light and it really kind of freaked me out but then a voice spoke and said you are here to do the work of God. That's what the voice said. And I just put the cover over my head and went to bed thinking, what the hell was that? I mean, it was really, it was a fascinating moment. Um, but I think it, with hindsight, it really affected my life. Um, well, Paul Levy, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and really opening up this idea uh, i was meditating with you as you were leading us into this discussion of this mind virus the idea that this is not just a, and i'm so glad that somebody's really talking about this that there's more to this than the than the actual virus that we hear about in the scientific culture where we live in but that the psyche and the mind are in the grips of a fear and that to to let go of this by first of all not empowering it it seems to me that's the first step is don't empower it and then get in touch you're saying with your creative nature with your deeper essence and from there receive revelation that's going to now get your life past this fear and if we collectively begin to walk in such paths then the yoke of this falls from the culture, and we're freed from it. And we can, you know, this can be a great invitation to, to metamorphosis rather than than a tragedy.
2: Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for you know really paraphrasing it like that.
1: Well, guys, make sure you pick up the book. Um, you can buy it on Amazon. Watiko by Paul Levy. Thank you so much, and we look forward to having you again on the show.
3: If you're a fan of this radio program and the Strange Planet podcast, why not show it off by wearing Strange Planet apparel or drinking from a Strange Planet mug? Check out all the great Strange Planet merch in my Strange Planet shop. Just go to the website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, and click on shop in the menu. There's a huge selection of men's and women's t-shirts. You like crop circles or the Mayan calendar? Gotcha covered. Are you into the Anunnaki? Wait till you see these designs. My favorite right now? Lions do not lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. And one of our bestsellers right now, Truth Gets You Crucified, on the front, and a passage from Matthew chapter 23 on the back. So many great t-shirt designs, I don't know where to begin. There's women's leggings and tote bags, and of course, mugs. Great gifts for family and friends who listen and love this show. My Strange Planet shop. Visit today and often. Just go to strangeplanet.ca.